Hi, and welcome to the Futures Podcast. This is the Birkbeck um, Ability Program Series. My name's Lucy. I'm one of the employability consultants at Birkbeck Futures. Today, I'm really delighted to be joined by Paul Hubble, who is an Associate Director at Barclays. Thank you so much for joining the podcast, Paul. You're very welcome. Brilliant. So I thought we'd kick off um, by hearing a little bit about you. Um, and also your career at Barclays, because I know that you've been there for a reasonably long period of time. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, nearly up to 16 years with Barclays. A majority of that, I worked as a mortgage advisor in the branch. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then April of last year, I was lucky enough to earn a promotion to associate director with in the real estate development monitoring unit uh so um yeah i've been doing that now for what's 14 months or so and uh, a real change from what i was doing before uh, as a mortgage advisor it was um, it was just as it sounds really it was <laughs> helping people to to buy their properties remortgaging uh and um, and things like that uh, and basically was a, a follow-on from because I've been working in the branch environment within banking since I was 20. So, yeah, what, uh, a good majority, 20-odd years of um, of working in that environment. So now working as an associate director within real estate, uh, looking after development loans. So that would be loans typically of £10 million upwards mm-hmm. for uh, developments such as housing estates, uh, blocks of flats, retail parks, student accommodation, that kind of thing. And my responsibility is to uh, manage the loan from when it is drawn down all the way through until it's repaid. And that will involve uh, stage payments to the borrower each month and making sure that they are adhering to the covenants set out in the development agreement. So uh, it would be uh, basically checking with a monitoring surveyor that we employ who will re- uh, provide a monthly report around uh, all of the different elements of the development. Uh, and they will also confirm that the valuation that takes place each month for the work that's being completed they confirm that that's accurate and that the drawdown then the borrower is, requ- is requesting is uh, is the correct amount to match up with that valuation. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a nutshell, uh, that's about it. But it does involve working with uh, a number of different parties, both within real estate, because um, the, the loans have a life cycle very much before they get to us with um, in the deal forum and with transaction management and with the credit team. Uh, so there's a lot of different negotiations that are going on before financial close. There's a huge amount of uh, different documents to deal with from facility agreements to valuations. Uh, and then um, we also have a team of three analysts that work with us day in day out monitoring the covenants and ensuring uh, that everything is progressing as it's meant to and also we will have regular reports that we provide to the broader real estate team and particularly the head of real estate to advise on uh, any risks that are involved particularly at the moment obviously with COVID-19 and uh, so that they can be sure that 
Barclays is not in a position where uh, there's a possibility of us losing money, really. Mm -hmm. So it's a very varied job, very enjoyable, um, comes with different challenges, but they're very welcome challenges. And I'm enjoying it a great deal. Great. So I mean, obviously been there, you know, a good chunk of time, which is not that common these days. What's what's made you stay at Barclays? So before Barclays, there was a couple of other banks that I worked for and their structure was nowhere near as strong as Barclays. Uh, it, there wasn't clear lines of sight all the way up to the senior management team. But at Barclays, I felt well looked after. It's very much uh, an open and transparent uh, management setup that they have. Also, we're very much encouraged to to speak up. So if there's anything that we don't agree with, if we think there's any ways that uh, the working environment can be improved, then we're always encouraged to do so. And they've been so supportive that I've never felt uh, a need to look anywhere else for mm. a role. But it's also a case that Barclays, obviously being an international uh, employer uh, with a lot, a huge number of different roles, right? Um, you know, some things that you might not necessarily associate with banking, but there's always the opportunity um, to grow, to look into working in a different uh, part of the business without having to, to look outside of Barclays for, for that career growth. Mm, which I think is is definitely really important um, for organisations to have that level of flexibility to be supportive, but also, you know, thinking about well, how they retain talent and move them around the organisation. So it's really interesting to hear that Barclays has that ethos. Um, mm. So one thing we, we've talked about before is you're a Reach Purple champion. Um, and it's, mm -hmm. I'd like to know a little bit more about the initiative and also you know what being a champion means to you sure so reach is uh, a barclays internal organization who their uh, purpose is to promote mental health and disability confidence mm -hmm. so what that means is we have a, a a number of different events that are always ongoing we invite lots of external speakers in to, to talk about different things we have uh particularly around november time um we have uh, a number of particular events for uh that focus around uh the international uh I think it's the International Day of Disabilities, mm -hmm. um, yeah. and uh, and it's it's all about making as many people aware of the fact that anybody who lives with a disability, uh, I still use that word because we haven't come up with a better one yet, uh, but anybody that that lives with a disability or lives with someone um that has a disability or works with someone that has a disability they're uh they're encouraged to uh to share what it's like mm -hmm. um to, to live with that disability but also the the extra abilities if you like it brings as a result of learning to live with that disability so uh to give you an example uh we have a we have a group 
um, that promotes uh, promotes mental health um, mm -hmm. and um, and all the challenges that 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 brings. We've also got a dyslexia support group, and the dyslexia support group or rather a, a lot of people who live with dyslexia find that they are actually really uh really great at problem solving mm -hmm. uh so um so those sort of things come out uh and then the purple champion part of it is uh particularly i have on my uh on my email signature i have the fact that i'm a reach purple champion to to make or grow awareness of um of the reach network because there's still a huge number of colleagues that aren't aware of it mm -hmm. um and all the um and all the different facets within it uh and then uh on the mental health side we also have peer support groups mm -hmm. so uh it, again that's exactly as it sounds uh peers who typically have experienced mental health challenges themselves or know someone or lived with someone um, that's had a mental health challenge, they then provide signposting support, I guess you'd say, because mm -hmm. you know we don't have any medical qualifications or anything like that, but yep. we have a huge amount of empathy. Uh, and so therefore we're there to, to understand and particularly to, to help colleagues to speak about challenges that they may not necessarily feel confident about speaking with, with say their line manager or someone like that. Uh, and then be able to say to them, you know, we've got support um, on what we call um, our Be Well pages. So we've got a whole raft of different pages uh, um, around wellness. And uh, we also, most colleagues have access to AXA yeah. and AXA is able to provide things such as uh, free counselling sessions and uh, ongoing support for, for anybody who's uh, finding that they're having a really tough time. I mean, that's say it sounds like a, a really great scheme actually and one thing that I really picked up on from what you were saying was you know thinking about the the positives of having a disability and I think that's something that people with a disability often struggle with it, it sometimes feels because we use that word disability that there aren't any positives and articulating that to an employer that the dyslexia has given me the ability to solve problems for example or mm -hmm. the fact that somebody's had a disability means that they're incredibly resilient so it's really interesting that Barclays sees it from that perspective as well because that's absolutely i think what students need when they're going through an application process and that actually brings me on to um another question i am skipping ahead slightly but it does make sense um because a question we get a, a lot is around disclosure or being open about a disability or mental health condition with an employer and we often talk to our students and say well actually you can use that in such a way that you can demonstrate skills and experiences that you have developed but there is a nervousness around that um i guess what's your view on being open with an employer i i agree with you i think you know it's it's always a, a question that's put on an application form is uh you know do you have any any disabilities uh that you need to tell us about and i think the perception is right if i if I was to to be completely honest on my application uh, that right okay they'll see 
the answer yes i have a disability and they'll just think well okay well um, we won't bother with that application but it's actually very different to that a number of large corporations these days larger large employers uh will uh will have fantastic provisions for anybody who uh who identifies as having any sort of disability so the reason typically it's asked is so that at the outset uh, they can ensure that they are aware of the disability that you may have and and therefore can provide the right level of support to you because the the downside of if you like hiding your disability uh, at the application stage is that your employer then obviously won't be aware of it particularly if it's one that's not immediately obvious so it's not a um, an obvious physical disability uh, and the net result will then be that it will get harder and harder to um, to get the support from your employer and your employer won't recognize that you have that disability and therefore will assume um, that that you don't so I would always encourage anyone to to be completely open and honest when they're um, uh, answering that question at the uh, at the job application stage uh, because it will only ever lead to uh, to a positive outcome it's worth also bearing in mind that you know the Dis- disability discrimination act specifically um, prevents or makes it certainly illegal for any employer in this country to discriminate against anybody with a recognized disability so if ever you were to find when uh, when you submit an application or going through the whole application job application process that you are discriminated against because of the responses you've given then you need to to highlight that because it's it's wrong no absolutely um and i think that's that's really really helpful advice um and i mean i know that being open or disclosing a disability is obviously a very personal choice but i think there are a lot of upsides and absolutely if you don't tell an employer then they can't make sure that you've got the support to put you on a level fit playing field through an assessment process for example so um okay so we first got talking after i sneakily listened into you doing (laughs) a well-being talk uh for my husband's team um you know, obviously, well-being is hugely important to us all, um, and I think it's it's certainly become more so, or at least pushed more to the forefront, uh, given COVID nineteen. Um, and I'm interested to know what key things you think it's important to think about or do to make sure that they are ensuring their well-being, being being that at work or being that you know in their in their personal lives. Yeah, absolutely. I I think. First and foremost, it comes with um, your mental health because um, you need to look after your mental health because your brain controls your body. And sometimes you won't necessarily notice it. But say, for example, if, uh, I mean, for, for me, what I've noticed with my mental health is when it's really bad, I will um, develop psoriasis. Uh, and previously I didn't know that the two were linked Mm -hmm. so when I then found out about that that's so when now if it's a case that I have an onset of psoriasis I might not necessarily be thinking 
um, that my mental health is that bad. Uh, but it's an early warning sign for me and it gets me to to think more about it and then drill down to right okay what's affecting my mental health at the moment and then when I recognize that I can address it and then typically the psoriasis goes away so um, definitely listen to your body because your body will always tell you um, when something is wrong other ways again that you can also then support your mental health one way is to eat well so it's very important to to be aware of what um you're consuming obviously our bodies are, are really intricate and and it has many very uh, varied needs uh and there's nothing wrong with enjoying the things that you know taste nice um the bad things we think about cakes chocolate etc but it is really important to, to moderate those and to also eat the things that are going to boost their mental health. For example, um, uh, folic acid in, say, leafy greens, um, such as uh, protein, which obviously you can get in, in fish, in meats. If you don't eat meat, then, um, then it can be found in various vegetables. And if it's a case that you find that your diet is missing key ingredients such as protein then of course you've always got the option of um of vitamin supplements as well but certainly those two um are really important things um obviously exercise is is very important as well our brain needs oxygen mm -hmm. so if you're not exercising you're not getting that oxygen around your body you're not getting to your brain you'll find yourself actually being um feeling tired more often as a result and we d it doesn't have to be you know excessive exercise it doesn't have to be right i've got to go to the gym for an hour a day it could be um going out for a walk going for a little jog or a run um it could be um just doing some some basic exercises like sit-ups push-ups that kind of thing uh, i think it's important to to tailor your exercise regime to um to your capabilities um but it's it's possible for everybody to do some form of exercise and also to to vary your day so if you just work solid and do no exercise at all then what you'll find over time is that your work will um will become more labored you won't be as effective um so it's important to just do little bits here and there mix it up with your work as well and you'll feel a lot better for it so you've got there eat well think well exercise and the final one is sleep uh the i think in the past particularly in a corporate environment there's this um thinking that you know sleep is um some people say oh you know i'll sleep when i'm dead that kind of thing the reason that we sleep is because our body needs that rest and in particular our brain needs that rest um and and when we sleep there's two different types of sleep that we have um so for example the uh, the dream state is the one where um our mind is refreshing and the deeper sleep is when our body is, is refreshing and everybody knows if you do not get a decent night's sleep then you will not 
um, feels so good the next day. And again, that's going to have a negative impact on your productivity and of course on your mental health as well. So those are the, the four pillars that I would say are important to maintaining um, your well-being. Definitely. And I think one of the ones that I've definitely thought about more um, since being in lockdown is, is exercise because not being able to get out of the house and walk so much, going into work, commuting, all of that type of thing. Um, I have had to be more proactive about it. So I've just been doing it in the living room in front of the TV, uh, but it has made a huge difference because I, I too have um, mental health conditions and it, and it does make a difference when you're at home, you're working hard, you don't have that break between work and home life quite so much i think actually getting active has, has definitely made a real difference for me so i would definitely say that is one thing to think about Good. um so it'd be interesting to get your thoughts on you know if you were talking to a student coming into or thinking about applying for a job they have a disability or mental health condition any words of wisdom or hints and tips you might want to give them um around a mental health condition then um i would say first well i'd say with both actually both mental health condition and and any, any disability the first thing to do is to acknowledge it um, and to embrace it so as a lot of people say in you don't you can't recognize um, the the great and fantastic things in the world if um, you don't recognize the things that are not so great so um, so for example with with me and my mental health challenges the uh, when when I first had uh, a breakdown about six years ago when I returned to work within a short space of time I made the mistake of just thinking, oh, that's great. You know, I feel fine now. Um, I can just go back to normal. And within a short space of time, I had a relapse. So what I learned was that I will always have a mental health condition in, in the same way that typically anybody that has a disability will always live with that disability. So what I then said was, right, okay, it's there. And now what I need to do is think about how I manage it. Uh, and that's what I've been working on over the last five or six years. But equally, I uh, want to help as many other people as possible to recognise the same, the same thing and, and, and to realise that although a mental health challenge is just that, it is a challenge. Mm -hmm. As with any challenge, it, it's there to, to be overcome. So um, that's then how I've learned about um, the, different, uh, the different steps with regards to my well-being. And equally, one of the things that helps me enormously is to help other people. Mm -hmm. So I look at my strengths, I look at what I'm good at, uh, and then say, right, okay, how can I use that to... Um, to overcome the challenge and to live with my um with my condition on a daily basis so that's the first thing that i would say um certainly as we've mentioned already um i would always say don't ever try to to hide any disability or um mental health challenge that you have 
because that challenge or that disability is a part of you and every part of you makes up you so if if you try to hide any part of you then you're never going to be a hundred percent you in front of other people and it's it's still a part of what makes us great and and therefore to reveal every part of you you will find then that equally other people that you meet will do the same thing they will be completely open and honest with you as they can see you being open and honest in actual fact they'll probably be more respectful of you because of the fact that you're um you're making them aware of 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 who you are and uh, and every part of you Mm. absolutely and i do like that bit about every part of you makes you you i think that's really that sums it up so well really i really love that (laughs) um obviously key to being able to be you know open and being you is is working somewhere or being in a space that is inclusive now it sounds like Barclays you know, is doing a huge amount of work in that respect um, but what sort of things do you think employers should be doing so if you were to talk to other employers what do you think they should try and be doing to make sure that you know when people are open there is that inclusiveness so that uh, it, it kind of pervades the organization as it were mm-hmm. so with all employers I think with as with society in general it's about growing awareness mm-hmm. and also about overcoming those preconceptions. So, for example, in in the past, people might have said, um, "Oh, you know, that guy is a bit of a wacko," or or something like that. If if you've got someone who um, does have their their wobbles. Um, whereas now it's a case of uh, employers recognizing that, yeah, you know, rather than someone having to to go off sick and then saying, "Oh, I'm off sick because I've got a dodgy tummy" or something like that. Instead, it's a case of recognizing that that person's having a bit of a challenge at the moment, um, finding out what what the issue is, uh, and helping them to to resolve it but it's also about encouraging um employees to uh to be able to share um any uh challenges or um or disabilities that that they may have and the more that we share particularly around mental health um, the more common it will be to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So my goal is to, for it to be as common to talk about our mental health as we do about our physical health. Um, you know, if you think about particularly in the wintertime, a lot of us will get coughs, sneezes, colds, what have you, and um, invariably we'll always talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll talk about, oh, I've got a really bad headache or all my throat's really sore, all the rest of it. Um, So I want it to be just as common to, um, to say, Oh, I'm having a a bit of a wobble today. Um, Or, you know, this has happened, that's happened. And, and as I say, as uh, 
the more it becomes part of our uh, culture to uh, to talk about it so openly, then um, then the stigma will go, and uh, and people won't then be afraid to to talk about their mental health at all. So, from an employer's point of view, it's to encourage that, mm-hmm. um, and certainly, as I say, Barclays do that. Um, and you know, we have a number of um, internal organisations. Reach obviously is one. Um, there are numerous others, too many to mention. Uh, but again, for for all employers, it's you you uh, you breed that inclusivity, if you like, by welcoming it and creating different groups, different organisations, but also um, celebrating them all as well. For example, um, all right, we're not talking about it today, but like, for example, with Pride. So uh, Brighton, uh, Brighton, Barclays has always been um, uh, a big support of the LGBTQ plus uh, community. Uh, And this week, because we can't have our Pride parades, Barclays is running a Pride Week called Pride Inside. Mm -hmm. And uh, within that, we've got numerous guest speakers coming in and uh, we're all being, uh, we've been given Pride Inside t-shirts and encouraged to, uh, to, uh, to post pictures of us wearing our t-shirts, etc. Uh, and then, um, I mean, you know, for, for me, my youngest son is, is transgender, but even if he wasn't, I've always with my children, uh, taught them that, um, the LGBT plus community is, um, is just, it's just that it's a community and it's part of the bigger community. So it doesn't make those people any different. And that's the same ethos that applies to, um, to everyone that works at Barclays, regardless of um, of your sexual orientation, regardless of your faith, regardless of the colour of your skin, everybody is is equally important. And I think that's the the main message for for any employer to 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 communicate because that's just it. Then everybody feels equal. Everybody feels part of the team. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, it does sound like Barclays doing is doing some some great work. Um, and I know it's always been so when I used to work in graduate recruitment at a law firm, we would always look at Barclays and the, the things that um, the organization was doing, because it in some areas, it was much further ahead than many others. So it's really interesting to kind of get more of an insider's perspective. Good. So um, I think that draws to a close um, our conversation. But thank you ever so much, Paul. It's been really lovely to talk to you. And thank you very much for being so honest and open um, and sharing your experiences. It's been really valuable. Pleasure. So that's it for today's podcast. Um, We will have more podcasts coming your way, uh, covering a range of different careers, topics. Um, So keep an eye out for those. Otherwise, thank you very much for listening.